Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. This is indeed the Wednesday War Room Edition. And once again, we apologize last week for not getting that episode going. But if you listen to this past Sunday rundown, you already know that we made our bones with that. It is what it is. But guess what? We're back. We're here. We're talking some Monday Night Raw. And I got to say, a little bit of a spoiler. I thought overall this is a pretty good show, but hey, before we get started, I gotta make sure we get the proper introductions going. I am your host, Carlos, aka the Wrestling Movie Guy, along with my boy, my partner in crime, my good fellow, my Robert De Niro, James, aka J Dash, with me. Uh oh. Robert De Niro. So you oh, put yeah, me into the same status as Robert De Niro. You know, most people will take that as a compliment. I'm thinking of us as the Goodfellas here, man. We got a click going on here. Uh, Although there's only two of us. <laughs> Soon yeah, to be three. Uh, Robert De Niro, that's like giving the World Series championship to the San Diego Padres. You're calling yourself the San Diego Padres? Yes. I'm in no status to be Robert De Niro. Well, fine, then. I'll just change it to uh, Maury's Wigs or something next time. Hurricane no. tested. Uh, okay. All right. That's cool. <laughs> I don't mind, but <laughs> Robert De Niro, very interesting way. Okay. Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm J-Dash, Jim Day, whatever. Uh, yeah. Wednesday at War Room. Didn't have one last week, and we're pumping one out this week. Hope everyone's being safe. Hope everyone is uh, being cautious. And being good citizens. So let's get the show on the road today, Jim Carrey. Ooh, I could live with that as long as you don't throw me into the pile of number 23 and Mr. Popper's Penguins, which are just god-awful movies. No disrespect, Mr. Jim Carrey. You're still a funny-ass guy. Although you sometimes have your tendencies of craziness. But hey, what comedian doesn't? But we're getting off track here. I'm getting all my movie stuff out of the way as we get into the wrestling. So first things first. Charlotte and Asuka once again prove that they are truly the main event. Well, who would have seen this coming? Asuka and Charlotte put on one hell of a barn burner this week. Not just once, but twice as they opened up the show and they closed it out. They show that they are the cream of the crop of the women's division. You guys know this, and if you don't know this... What the hell rock are you living under? Not Dwayne Johnson, and I could hear your joke popping in there, James. So don't say nothing. Of course, I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but hey, real talk here. These two ladies can wrestle forever, and I don't think I'm ever going to get bored. These two have had a very on-and-off-again rivalry that's been going on for, what, at least four years now? And for the most part, the queen has been the victor. But I thought last night that maybe she would finally go down to the Empress of Tomorrow. But sadly, that was not the case as Nia Jax had to come in and ruin the ending. But I actually mean that in a good way. She really did her job. And for, and for once, she did a good job and helped pump up the match that she's going to have with Asuka this weekend at Backlash. So, hey, for once... Kudos to her. 
Charlotte Flair, of course, no doubt at this point, you got to realize that whether or not you hate her is the hardest working wrestler in the WWE because she's having at least three matches a week. And when you account for the fact that they're doing tapings for multiple shows, she's having at least six or seven matches in just one week. And that just can't be understated. She truly is the queen. But with that said, I want to say the same thing for Asuka, but something odd has been happening with her lately. She's either been losing or she's being laid out by her enemies left and right, and I'm rather baffled by this turn of events. I'm starting to believe that WWE is doing her a great disservice by having her constantly get beat down by either Nia Jax, Charlotte, or whomever it is happens to be attacking her at the time. Now, I know the queen is set for life in WWE. She's a flair, barring any kind of injuries or controversy. But what is WWE doing with Oscar right now? She's getting beat down a lot lately, and she's supposed to be the Raw Women's Champion. Is Asuka going down the slippery road to becoming the present day, and again, no disrespect to this man, Rey Mysterio, when he was the world champion who had a grand record of 5-11? and 11. This thought frightens me. James, what do you think? Am I crazy? Is this just a conspiracy I got going on in my head? Or are they still treating her right? Nah, you are a conspiracy theorist. Alright, that's the end of the show. Alright, let's go. (laughs) Whatever your thoughts are about the situation are false. There's some keyboard warrior that knows the truth. Um, But to look at what the WWE is trying to do with Asuka, for me, brings back when her and Charlotte were going after each other at WrestleMania. Um, It's not really the same script, but Telling that Asuka was this unbeatable force, unbeatable um, athlete from Japan, and then make her go on this ridiculous undefeated streak, and then lose to Charlotte at WrestleMania. Really, in my opinion, destroyed her momentum and her character itself. Um, Now that she's on Raw, and now she has the Raw Tag Team, not Tag, excuse me, they used to have, she used to have the Raw Tag Team titles, or the, whatever they're called. There's just the women's titles, I think. Whatever, I'm getting lost track here. Um, <laughs> the women's tag team titles, yeah, there you women's go. Women's tag team titles, let's see. Uh, tongue twister. Hamana, hamana, um, hamana, hamana. But you, you mentioned that it's getting very shockingly close to similarities to Rey Mysterio. And you can connect the two, but I can't honestly say that now because it feels like Rey Mysterio has been given the same treatment for like 10 years. And Asuka's only been in WWE maybe four years, maybe a little bit more, four years. Uh, But her taking a lot of the bumps and a lot of the falls over the last couple of weeks, crap, for almost a couple months now. Yeah, Yeah. a little longer than that. Um, Usually... If you will, you look back at other uh, wrestlers. When that happens, they usually did something backstage, or they messed up on their character, or they show you know broke character in a ring or a match, or if something happened to the backstage that got Vince pissed. But I don't. I is it the the story arc they're trying to do here, 
or is Asuka willing to actually be this, you know, unstoppable force to become everyone's pushover? And yes, she's been an athlete. Yes, she's been in the Raw for months and has, you know, performed nothing on every single Raw. That's why she got basically handed the woman's title. But it's a risky slope if you want to start comparing her to the Rey Mysterio. But then again, she's taken a lot of bumps for being the Raw's women's champion because Becky Lynch didn't go through this when she had the belt. Uh, Ronda Rousey didn't have this when she had the belt. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, so, so you can kind of see the correlation there. Yeah. There, There's something going on here. At least there's, there may not be a fire yet, but there's some smoke. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It's either creative or there's something backstage that she caused maybe because we we've watched WWE over the countless of years and you could tell what wrestler pissed off Vince or Bruce or uh, Laurinaitis whoever's in the backstage then <coughs> Baron Corbin <coughs> yes yeah you know how they punched him they made him throw away his money in the bank briefcase uh and other or there's a couple other things but that was more noticeable I for one thing I don't understand, especially in the women's division right now on Raw, is you have Asuka who's taking bumps. You have Queen, uh, the Queen, Charlotte Flair, you know, doing NXT, SmackDown, Saturday Night Live, the Justice League, uh, you know, Live PD. Oh, damn. They're going to put her into the Snyder Cut? That's fantastic. Yeah, she's in everything. And then you have... <laughs> And then you have the the very well respected stunt double in Nia Jax coming in, and the women's division, in my opinion, in Raw. Uh, oh, come on, really? I know that we're experts on predicting things, but I don't want to say anything negative about Oscar right now. But it's starting to look exactly like her, or what she did from the the. The, the build-up after Royal Rumble to that WrestleMania, uh, where we all thought that, you know, we're going to have the first, I forgot what Dave Meltzer said, the first ever uh, my uh, Asian women's champion and Asian WWE champion in company history or in top-tier wrestling. And the WWE just like, yeah, nope, nope. Middle finger to that. We're going to keep Charlotte, and we're going to keep AJ Styles as champion. So it, the irony too was that Shinsuke Nakamura also lost his title match that yeah. night. I forgot who wrote the article. I want to say it's either cage side seats or inside the. I think it's inside the ring. No, it's cage side seats. I remember uh, they read the article, or I read the article. Not they read. I read the article that they said that they told Shinsuke. Uh, literally Saturday or Friday before WrestleMania that he was going to win the match. And pretty much same, pepping him up to get the title, then someone had to change of heart right when he was in Gorilla. Damn, that that's rough. But, you know, before any uh, any of our listeners maybe decide to call it WWE's races or something, that's not the case because, well, maybe sometimes they've had some terrible stuff like Kamala. But uh, like Roman Reigns, for instance, he went through the same thing. WrestleMania 31, going up against Brock Lesnar. They even told his family. They had him all come out to the show like he's going to win the title. He's going to win the title. Oh, say, Seth, run in there. Hey, that, the title. Hey, that does that happen. WrestleMania didn't exist. 
No, no. Last the last time I saw highlights of that WrestleMania it was Brock Lesnar versus Brock Lesnar and it's Seth Rollins coming in and curb stopping Brock Lesnar. Um, oh, I see what you're doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Giving Roman the old uh, Hulk Hogan treatment. Not more of a CM Punk treatment, but that's what the WWE did to him. So that's not my fault. Well, yeah. I'm just the messenger. It happens. But like in general, like WWE has done it to countless wrestlers, regardless of, you know, Asian, like, African-American. It didn't really matter. Like It just is what it is. Sometimes Vince feels really good about something, and then somebody maybe farts in his direction, even if it wasn't that wrestler, and he just changes his mind, because Lord knows he loves him some fart jokes. Even in this current time in our nation, especially around the world, uh, I think it was the New Day's podcast. They were talking, uh, Kofi Kingston was talking about his championship run, mm-hmm. and and he wanted to bring up to make the clear the, you know, clear the air, because apparently there was either a, you know, these lovely social media tr- uh, justice warriors uh, pretty much was trying to say that Vince McMahon is a full-blown racist, trying to pr- pretty much put a black guy on, no pun intended, to the WWE. And Kofi was saying, no, like that man has made, my, that man's made my life here. I love it here. I love that man. And especially with, uh, same with Rollins, or not so Rollins, um, shit. Uh, Mark Henry, Booker T. Uh, no, Vince McMahon's buddy, buddy. Little Jimmy. Uh, uh no, our truth. There we go. Oh yeah. Oh God, our truth loves him to death, and yeah. so does Vince. <laughs> like if you watch the the videos with them together, even with the hidden cameras where Vince doesn't realize they're recording, like they they seem like family. Like oh, yeah. they really genuinely care about each other. But you, I guarantee you can tell. And I, I honestly don't want to get into this subject because every wrestling podcast I've listened to. Every everything you turn on TV now, it's on. They're talking about some NBA, NHL. They're all doing podcasts about it. I just want to say that if you're going to come after a corporation like the WWE, you don't have to do research. Just go on Google or YouTube and watch it. Um, Vince McMahon has, you know, leaped and bounds and gave opportunities to wrestlers who didn't deserve it that were a different nationality. Viscera. This is a good Vis- example. Viscera. How about the first Indian champion? Ginger da, Mahal. Da, da, da. Like, really? Do you really need to give Ginger Mahal a title run? And uh, well, who's the uh, the guy from Mexico? Uh, Diane Ray, Ray Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah, not, not, not Eddie. Yeah, you can say Ray Mysterio. He was like, was he the first? He wasn't the first Spanish. Yeah, he, no. he's, he was amazing. No, he wasn't. First, um, first Lucha. Well, yeah, purely Lucha. I think actually he's the only one. Uh, but Eddie Guerrero's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Morales, you know, he's another guy. Like, there's plenty of people that yeah. uh, gives opportunities to. And and I like and I enjoyed the conversation that they were having about how the, even though the WWE may come off as being, you know, anti-social, meaning they don't like to follow the same trends as everyone else, and they even mentioned it on Raw last night. I'm surprised it wasn't. And they, you know, NXT represented it with uh, Keith Lee, which I thought was a good way to present the issue and not destroy the audience. Because I guarantee you there's a lot of wrestler uh, wrestling audience right now that does not want to like keep everything they watch is nothing but 
this movement or the news that's going on around the world. And it was something that's a nice touch. And if you have a chance, go check out the Newsday podcast, uh, especially the whole crew. If you love them, they actually the last podcast was really serious, but the question was brought up about was uh, is Vince McMahon, you know that you know that evil white guy. Um, but one thing that I've found out from the New Day, our truth, um, and all the African American wrestlers that have been in the business, Vince McMahon is genuine, and that's the only that's what you need. But I think we went way off about the, the subject title. But anyways, a little uh, bit, yeah, obviously. But but, but we had it. I had I. It was either going to come up either now or on Sunday on, on Rundown. It's the someone's going to bring it up to us because we get to, I get tagged or messaged about why we didn't change our profile picture. Like yeah. everyone went black screens. Why we didn't change it? I didn't know people were changing their profile pictures. I mean, to be honest, we're not even that big. I didn't think that we'd be oh, even a blip on the radar. But I appreciate that, the fact huh. that people thought so highly of us there. It's just that, I don't know, sometimes you feel like you're not as significant as you yeah. really are. But yet, through life, through that interaction, it shows you, you know what, you know? And also, your, I haven't, your voice matters. I also, I haven't been the guy who's always been, you know, you raw, raw on social trends. It happens so it happens so often, I can't keep track of it. Really. That's also, it's also a difficult balancing act. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're doing entertainment like we are, that that, that can be tough. That yeah, can be a very difficult thing. Because if you, you can do it and think you're supporting a cause and lose your and lose most of your viewers. But then again, if any of our viewers are any kind of like Nazi or affiliate with like white supremacy, we're happy to lose you straight yeah. up. Like we don't want that. We, we don't want you around if you're gonna. Nine, be- nine. We just that's no. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to some. I just good said stuff. I said no, no wiener snitchel for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected. So let's let's, let's liven things up a little bit. Let's get back into the ring. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley heat things up. As your listeners have noticed over the last few weeks, we really haven't given much airtime to the feud of Bobby and Drew. And let's be honest, it really wasn't that deserving of it because it was a paper-thin story, even with the immense talent involved of Bobby Drew and MVP, who I'm very happy has been just rocking it lately. Um, This week, I I thought that they definitely added more to what there is, and there's not a lot of it. As Drew looked on while the Street Profits took on MVP... Oh, sorry. uh, Street Profits were on the side watching the match. It was the Viking Raiders against MVP and Bobby Lashley. We were shown a lot of storytelling in the ring. And here's where I get to the Street Profits. For one, they are officially allies now. Because as the Vikings were being attacked with some dirty shots by Bobby and MVP, they came in to the Vikings' rescue. And next on top of that, the moments of eye contact and body language by Bobby and Drew were on point. Especially, and probably my favorite moment of the match, was when Bobby bumped into Drew, maybe or maybe not intentionally, stared at him, and then proceeded to spear the hell out of Ivar. And damn, was that one hell of a spear. They definitely gave Roman a run for his money. All of this work 
made me far more interested in seeing this match because if I could, if we can get more stuff like that, then I'm all in for this. And on top of that, throw in the rumors of Bobby Lashley taking home the WWE title at the tapings has many wondering if it is now Bobby Lashley's time at the top of the card. And will Drew take it back? And let's throw this in here. Will Brock Lesnar become an unexpected thorn in these men's sides? Because there are more rumors coming out that he's returning and returning real soon. As, well, some of these rumors are legitimate to believe. Now, given that Bobby Lashley came back to the WWE from Impact, where he was very successful as champion, just for the very reason to face off against uh, Brock Lesnar, Gribbs, give some credence to these rumors. What do you think of all this? That they want a Bobby versus Lesnar uh, match here within this year, basically. Hmm. Actually, MVP with um, Paul Heyman. I think that'd be a pretty good little debate going on there. I didn't even think about that until just now. Well, it's been rumor or speculated over the over a couple of years now. I know from actually Lashley even saying on his Twitter when he wasn't a part of the WWE that he wanted a match with with Matt, uh, with Lesnar. Um, but you can't really, you can't really, you know, discuss matches because if you're in another company or another brand, usually it's just speculation or a dream match type of situations. But we look at this Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley thing. Yes, it's the WWE Championships online at Backlash, the 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 most legitimate title match. Uh, SmackDown, yeah, that's nice, but that's not. Come on, that's a handicap match for the Universal title. But how this storyline has developed over the last crap, two weeks, three weeks maybe? Give or take. It's, yeah, it is, it's really been a quick buildup. And it's more of what I like. What I like is that Bobby Lashley has now taken a step back and has allowed MVP to be his voice, to be his mouth, to be his... Uh, to be pretty much his guide. Lana, yes, Lana's Lana, but Lana doesn't have the charisma and the in the actual mic skills to get into the ring and challenge other wrestlers or other uh, managers. And yes, is this Bobby's time? Maybe due to the current situation going on, I won't be surprised if they do it. But Honestly, I'll stay away from it. I think Drew McIntyre has grown on me as being a very underrated WWE champion. Uh, he's been, honestly, I, it's pretty cool watching him say when he's talking to, uh, I forgot the girl's name, uh, backstage. Charlie Caruso? Is it Charlie? Mm-hmm. She's just like, ah, good day, Charlie. Hey, what do you think about? Oh, I'm going. It's always a good day to give a Claymore party. That's a stupid, <laughs> stupid way to do a British accent, but it's Scottish, it's, actually. Uh, well, Get it right, man. <laughs> well, I do know Finn Balor's Irish because they confirmed that on NXT, even though it's been confirmed for years. I've always thought he was English, and 
Drew McIntyre is Irish, so his name, his name is Finn. That's about as Irish as it gets. Uh, yeah, Finn McCool's Finn Balor. Yeah, I've actually been in the town where uh, where he was born years ago. It was a long, long time ago. But continue, sorry, sorry. But if we if we dig deep into this Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley story, it feels like to me over the last two weeks the WWE wants to reopen the TNA conflict between the two. Which, if you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, go. Uh, it's all over YouTube. You can watch their matches. Their feud back in the day was uh, interesting and exciting. But of course, uh, Mr. MVP himself was with that same feud on Bobby Lashley's slide. Side, not slide. Hey, they're on the slide together. Wee! Slide into the Impact EM. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a quick build-up to be. You need to from that the first altercation we saw three three four weeks ago, or even that Money in the Bank, where Bobby Lashley's like uh, the MVP runs the Bobby Lashley's like you you're you're doing nothing. You should be going after the WWE title, and in a blink of an eye, he's in uh, possibly the main event at Backlash on Sunday uh, for the WWE Championship. Does that mean he wins it? Again, I won't be surprised, but. I won't be shocked if we start seeing leaks of it come out this week, seeing that WWE backlash has already been taped. So we are not live on Sunday. It's already been done. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting storyline. I don't want it to end at backlash. I think this is the, a good thing going forward raw and Bobby Lashley, in my opinion, just needs to shut up and let my, and let MVP do all the talking. And that will put Bobby Lashley into a different uh, st- stage, status, to where maybe at Extreme Rules or SummerSlam or Night of Champions or Clash of Champions, whatever the hell pay-per-view is after SummerSlam, uh, make the, him a more legitimate threat for Lesnar. And then we'll have Lesnar come back from Survivor Series or something like that. So uh, Bobby Lashley, in my opinion, has should be a WWE champion, I think it's just not right now. I do believe a McIntyre should be a champion for at least another two to three months. All right, I got a scenario for you then. And I think this is this definitely in the realm of possibility, especially given all these rumors that have been coming out. Say the Drew and Bobby are just tearing the house down, it's near the end, and all of a sudden we hear here comes Brock, interrupts the match, and this sets us up for the next pay-per-view where we got ourselves a triple threat match. Bobby, Brock, and Drew McIntyre. When was the last time we really saw, besides the Royal Rumble, of course, uh, Brock Lesnar in the middle of a, no pun intended, three-way? That would be interesting. I, I I think that the dynamic of these three personalities, including Paul Heyman and MVP, speaking for their clients, as it were, and you throw in Drew McIntyre, who's just been killing it on the mic, I think that that could make for a really interesting, entertaining time of WWE television. you think there's any chance of that? Well, the last time we saw Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match, he got kicked in the nuts and claymored all over the ring or over the top rope. That was at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what oh. I was saying, you know, discounting the Royal Rumble, of course, because you're going up against God knows how many wrestlers at that point. Well, it was Keith Lee and AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. I think those were the four people. No, it was Dolph Ziggler. 
mm. among us. Um, interesting scenario, but my honestly think pick that I won't be surprised to see is Drew McIntyre beats Bobby Lashley, and then next week on Raw or in the upcoming weeks, you know how they're doing this split brand invitational ordeal. Mm-hmm. And ordeal <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, I just 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 end the brand and just have one solid WWE's, you know, for all shows besides the next uh, and have a in the scenario have McIntyre's like, oh, we're gonna have mis- mystery opponents, and one of those mystery opponents one night would be Brock Lesnar. Will you have him lose a belt in that scenario on the Raw, or will that be something where you can you know, build up? But like yours, a triple threat match, that would be a nice build-up to a pay-per-view. My scenario is way unlikely because Brock Lesnar usually doesn't show up like that on a Raw or a SmackDown. He's usually only in Raw and SmackDown to either hold a briefcase, act like it's a boombox, or he's Paul Heyman's, you know, running his mouth about the next pay-per-view. So would I be shocked if your scenario happens? No. Will I want to see that happen? Not really. I want to see a long, build-out storyline for SummerSlam because if, from the rumors I've seen, the WWE is trying to put fans in the stands by SummerSlam, and if they can do that, they're going to try and make SummerSlam the biggest show as possible, seeing they have been away from the arenas and lost their opportunity at WrestleMania to pull on a great, spectacular event. So I think SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar is, well, it pre, the last couple of years he's been there. So I would not be surprised if you see Brock Lesnar in a title match of some sort at SummerSlam. Maybe not with Bobby, may not be with uh, Drew McIntyre, might be with Braun uh, or Miz and Morrison. So, yeah, it's your scenario is more logical than mine. But then again, it's the WWE and from what we're seeing now, it looks like Charlotte Flair wants to become a, a, a holder of a men's belt. So anything can happen in the world of a wrestling. Hey, she can do it. If anybody's going to do it, uh, she's in my top three picks. Uh, Becky Lynch would probably be one of them, but she, you know, she's pregnant now. So Yeah, or be like <laughs> wrestling Twitter. Charlotte's just trying to be like China. Well, Charlotte's done it ten times more than what China did. No disrespect to China. Also, that's just circumstantial. China was in a completely different time. You know, oh, yeah. When, when one of your top female wrestlers was Sable. Correct. No disrespect. Hot as hell. I still adore that woman to this day. But, I mean, come on. Let's not compare. <laughs> big, big difference. Sable bomb. But anyway, let's move on to the third story of the week. Seth Rollins and the Disciples are putting in some serious work. For weeks now, James and I have complained that Seth Rollins and his boys just keep losing and losing and losing with nothing to show for their efforts while the WWE Universe feels rather numb or ambiguous to them. However, lately, that's not been the case. With sacrifices and beatdowns of enemies really becoming the norm, and this week was no exception. As last week, it was made clear that Seth and Ray are going to 
air their grievances as you as you know as it were with each other at backlash and this should culminate in a fantastic match i'm really looking forward to seeing some high flying moves out of that definitely definitely going to be a good match and this week the build-up continued that role Although Seth's boys lost to Umberto, my boy, and Alistair Black, the Disciples won the war by laying out the duo as sacrifices, sending yet another message to Rey Mysterio and his family. If you come a-knocking again, this is your future. Curb stomp. Roll the credits. I really enjoyed this. The, yeah, I really enjoyed the way that the group has been able to throw their weight around lately. And I'm wondering if we're gonna, not going to get one more person. I think that they need at least one more follower, possibly one of the female wrestlers. Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed is uh, before the uh, the match between Umberto and the Disciples even happened, is that uh, they were supposed Byron Saxton and Samoa Joe and them were supposed to have an interview with Ray, and Seth came in, hijacked it by kicking Byron Saxton to the curb, and just talking all kinds of trash. I really enjoyed it. I've, I felt the heat between these two guys, and I thought it was a very unique way to do it because normally. You got a guy on the mic talking to another guy on the mic or one guy on the mic and the other guys on the Jumbotron to actually, you know, have an interview from the guy's house through Skype and stealing the mic from Byron Sachs. And I thought it was pretty unique. And now the question is, can Seth and Ray keep this roll up? And like I said, will there be another member added to the, uh, as I like to call it now, the Sethrin of the corn stable? And will this be the end of the fuel once and for all, when everything is said and done, a backlash. Eh, really? Ah, do we have to have it all settled by backlash? Maybe. I mean, at the same time, they could do another injury to Ray and like really take him out for a while, like really show that as bad as what we've seen Seth do, he can do even worse, making him an even more despicable character. Okay, yeah, I can I can see that point of view. But you said that Seth's stable needs to find a, a new member. I want to pass this towards you, Shanna Baszler. It's interesting you bring that up because later on I do have some questions about her. But without getting into that just yeah. yet, not a bad choice. Very interesting choice. I would not mind that as long as she can still, you know, tear through the women's division mm -hmm. just, you know, under Seth's tutelage, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, it's for actually for self stable, we've, we've actually said this when, when we started our WWE podcast, and is that this stable has, it's, being designed to beat this, you know, unstoppable force, but they're just taking L's after L's after L's after L's, or Murphy was, and Seth didn't really help the cause either, losing that uh, Money in the Bank and at WrestleMania. But having him get this chance against Ray and have you know how the WWE has been publicizing this as a retirement so long ordeal for the last couple of weeks, it's. One of the entertaining storylines of Raw, but the question is, is this, is this literally has become to me that Seth is more of a, not a, he's not the Seth Rollins that we knew 
two years ago or three years ago. He has now adapted because he's now a veteran in the WWE. He is now, in my opinion, I think I mentioned it last week or two weeks ago, and I've seen it to, on Monday night. I've seen it last week because we didn't get to the show last week. That he has embodied Triple H as the leader of like Evolution and DX. He is teaching the young guys how to rise. So when you mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, is Murphy going to portray Seth? It's more like is, you know, when? Because, yes, this, this stable is interesting. It's funny. I like it. It portrays, the, you know, the religious aspect of things and, you know, sacrificing uh, wrestlers for the cause. And the question that I always build up, always, you know, bring up in these type of, you know, stables or factions is who's the first one that leaves and how does it break down? And Ray, Stor- Ray, Ray Mysterio's storyline doesn't show that to me. And that's why I don't think it's going to end that backlash. Now, an introduction of Dominic, maybe? Or another wrestler like Ray Mysterio that has his lineage that may come back as a, or come in SmackDown or Raw or whatever show they're on. Like it to make a big appearance, may shake things up, but I'm not. I don't see this ending at Backlash. Uh, they've been toying. They've actually been, in my opinion, if they stretch it out this far to Backlash, that means they are not going to make it last past back or make it stop at Backlash. I think they want to keep continuing this as long as possible because we've seen storylines throughout the WWE that you think it's over. But not uh uh, you didn't say the magic word, and nah, three uh, years, uh. <laughs> and three years later, you have it still going on, like Sasha and Bailey. It's a never-ending story. It's a story that never ends. Uh, so, hopefully, they don't treat that like that. But usually, stables like Seth Rollins' stable, they last about a good year, and it's always the young up-and-coming star that makes the heel turn or the face turn. And goes on his own to be the next next up and comer. We saw that with the DX. We saw that with well, not really. You didn't see it with DX. We saw it more with Evolution than DX. Yeah. Randy Orton and Batista. Uh, but you got to give credit where credit's due. One thing I do enjoy about Seth Rollins is not that he is the Messiah character. I like how he is taking these these two uh, athletes under him, Murphy. And uh, geez, I just my mind just went blank on the next guy because he's such a new care, um, stable. Uh, damn it! Oh, uh, Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Why was I about to say Selena Vega? That's he came from Selena Vega's. Little well, to be thing. fair, Selena Selena Vega's on all of our minds. To be fair, I mean, come uh, on now. <laughs> we all wish we're, we all wish that we're Alistair Black. And speaking of Alistair Black, he was in that match with Apollo, the United States Champion. Um. I don't think we're going. Are we going to mention? No, I don't think we're going to mention this. But speaking of Zelina Vega, speaking of Apollo Cruz, United States Championship rematch at Backlash. You remember how I bitched about Money and Bank not having many title matches? There you go. Backlash. I think every match is a title match, besides Hardy and Sheamus. Which oh god, 
we'll get into that on Saturday. Well, I guess Saturday we'll record it, and of course Sunday it comes out. But we'll try to get to you guys a little bit earlier so we don't just completely bombard you <laughs> with so much content on Sunday because we got the Sunday rundown, we got the live stream, we got the pay per view, we got so much going on this weekend. But uh, yeah, um, well, before we move over to the backstage stories, could you? I guess I got two quick questions then. Could there ever be a possibility of Dominic turning on Rey Mysterio and joining the flock, as it were, of Seth Rollins? I know it doesn't really make sense. Just from a dramatic point of view, I think that would be interesting. But then again, it's wrestling logic. It really doesn't make a lot of sense in real life, but that's why it's called wrestling logic. And two, if Seth really goes even bigger than he already is in this whole like messiah reverend whatever the hell you want to call him character do you think at some point we could see the messiah and his disciples as long as you're still with him at some point going up against uh the demon the man not no actually not the demon the fiend the fiend bray wyatt uh seeing that well that could be an interesting storyline because Bray Wyatt did defeat Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, and apparently that's when Seth Rollins' Burn It Down's character just started to go complete psycho. Exactly. Like, he could take the whole perspective of John Cena made Bray Wyatt, and then Bray Wyatt made Seth Rollins what he is today. That actually would be a very intriguing way. If they, if they do that, it'd be an awesome. But you got you to be careful how you do that, too. You don't want to uh, ruin the supporting characters in that movement. But you mentioned about Dominic portraying Ray Mysterio and going with Seth. Mm-hmm. When you said that, I've only, I don't know, I had a strange vision from a movie. Anakin Skywalker is getting his legs burnt because of a lava, and Obi Wan Kenobi on top of the hill saying, "You were the chosen one." I trusted you. That's Rey Mysterio, and Dominic's the one on the ground, and his legs burning with him betraying his father and going to uh, with Seth Rollins. That'll be an interesting something that we rarely see in the WWE now. Actually, you know, betrayal that is personal. That would be an awesome story twist right there. I really that would actually be pretty cool to see if that does happen. Um, but yeah, man, can we be creative? Because, damn, I have, like, some good creative stuff that I can put give WWE to really spice up TV ratings on Raw. Um, you, just gave me, <laughs> you, you just gave me two of them just now. There that'd you be, go. That'd be awesome to see a Dominic portrayal. But will they do that? back? They won't do it at Backlash yet. They nah, might. too early, I would say. Too early. We need to have more Dominic exposure. Well, Dominic's uh, that, that came out wrong. Well, yeah, but I mean, one pay-per-view and one Skype call, I don't think makes enough for uh, a switch from one family to the other. I would, I think, it would have to happen after Backlash. To be honest, he's been on WWE more than that one pay-per-view, one Skype call. Yeah, but he hasn't really been a character. I mean, he's like, oh yeah, there's that kid. You know, his father and Eddie Guerrero fought over him with a ladder match. Uh, he got beat up by Brock Lesnar. He was on a Skype call here and there. He cheered for his dad, and that's about all we really know about him. Like, we haven't seen him really cut a promo. We haven't really seen him actually wrestle. Like, I think that we need to see more of him and have the dissemination or, uh, 
more like uh, infection of Seth Rollins in him. Like something like that. A way that Seth could really demean Ray so far to the point that Dominic is ashamed of him. And he switches sides. Something along those lines, I guess. You, you have to have some either dark storyline or something where he get he was getting tired of following his father's steps. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a way to do that. And honestly, because Dominic is not what you just stated, and I agree, he is not an established character in the WWE Universal story arc, that you can't do it right off the bat. You may, this may be like Survivor Series or Royal Rumble type of portrayal. That's if they want to keep the Murphy and Seth Rollins and Austin Theories uh, stable together. That's a long time from now. It's about five months, six months. Yeah, time flies, though. Yeah, because just two days ago we were talking about how uh, how we were excited that WrestleMania didn't suck, even though it was a two-night event. And crap, we're literally a month away from... No, actually two months away from SummerSlam. Uh, it's amazing what happens when the world shuts down and everybody's blaming everybody for something. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully... I love your story arc. I would really enjoy the WWE to do that. But then again, the WWE hasn't done that in decades. Yeah, hell, I mean, on top of that, you called last week the Iconics being thrown into a triple threat oh, no, match. No, and no, what I, did I, we get? I didn't call it. I didn't really didn't call it. I literally said it was going to happen. <laughs> That's calling it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, sorry, I, I don't. I'm see. I'm holding this trophy here, saying who just called that match. That uh, was perfect. Because you mentioned you sent us a t- you sent me a text, and I was like. I don't agree with you. I didn't really say I think I speculated it. Then I listened to it, and I literally said, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a triple threat match at Backlash. Like, oh, but then again, I didn't. we didn't expect the freaking titles to change hands on SmackDown. No, not at all. And uh, I'm going to call it right now. I don't know this. There's no leaks. But the Iconics are walking out of the Backlash as tag team champions. Ooh, which throws in the credence my argument of a because quick they, and short title reign for Bailey and Sasha. And the Iconics didn't lose their belts. Exactly. And they've been doing damn good work lately. This past Monday night, they also shout out to them again. They put on a pretty damn good match. But we're going on on this thread for so far now. What do you say we move over to some backstage news? Uh, why do you want to go through the back door when you can go through the front door? Is that some kind of innuendo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the backstage news this week is presented by PWNNewsroom.com. PWNNewsroom.com is a fan-made, fan-powered, freelance sports news, uh, freelance sports wrestling news network. We're a part of it. We're proud members of it. That's PWNNewsroom.com. Your number one source for freelance sports wrestling information. PWNNewsroom.com presents this week's Backstage News. All right, this isn't so much news as something that was brought to my attention earlier. Uh, I was checking out when uh, one of our boys over at Cage Side Seats put up an interesting article that got me thinking. Got me thinking of another certain individual that I'm wondering, wait, where the hell has she been? Uh, 
what the hell is going on with Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler? See, told you we'd get back to Shayna Baszler. And for that fact matter, where the hell is Dana Brooke? It is funny. I, I hadn't realized until this evening that as I was typing away preparing for this show and noticed that these two have been MIA from all WWE TV for a little over a month now. Liv and Shayna have disappeared. And why is this? Why hasn't the WWE Universe even noticed this? I don't see tweets about it. I don't see Facebook posts. I don't see anything about that. Here we have two very good workers, one being the former NXT champion that has just laid out the women's division, especially at Elimination Chamber, and the other, Liv, who was just starting to get her feet wet, and now they're gone. I haven't heard any kind of heat on these ladies. I've heard no controversies or anything in the background, no, no wellness policy, transgressions, or anything like that, so... What the hell is going on here? Like, something smells rotten in Denmark, if you ask me. Why does it have to be Denmark? Because that's how the saying goes. Ah. Well, you can say it's always, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Or how about this? The sun's always out and shiny bright in Seattle. When it's never out and bright in Seattle. It's always raining and been gloomy. Yeah. Where have they been? Um... Especially Shannon Baszler after her after WrestleMania and her breaking people's arms and then basically having no appearance or I think she I think she was on Raw what last week or two weeks ago with not uh, with uh, not Nia um, Natalia was that two weeks ago. Uh, that was about three if not four weeks ago. Oh, that's been a month. Yeah. And think, and think about it. Um, I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe WWE got some cold feet with the whole trashing Becky Lynch for getting pregnant kind of stuff. Because that's what she was doing. And yeah, it's kind of dirty. But I liked it. It fit Shayna Baszler's character. Like, I, I was shocked that like we go from a total bullet train that's just flying down the train, uh, the train tracks and just... Nothing. She's gone. What the hell gives? And Liv well, Morgan has been having weird promos, and now she's gone just like that, too. Well, honestly, you have to look at it. If you step back and actually fully analyze what the WWE has been doing over the last couple of weeks, and you look at Backlash and the card of all the freaking title matches we're having, I think the reason why they backed away from it is because they don't have either time spots or they want to show more focus on the other belts that have been mistreated, like the Intercontinental in the United States and the Women's Tag Team titles, more importantly this time around, than Liv Morgan and Shannon Blazler. There's I've looked back into the news, and I don't think Shannon Baszler did anything backstage. I know Liv Morgan has been MIA since her little uh, breakup with uh, the, the Riot Squad. The question I bring to you is, are they setting up a Shannon Baszler, Asuka, or Shannon Baszler versus Nia Jax feud after Backlash for Extreme Rules? Seeing that this Nia Jax and Asuka feud just basically just appeared right after Money in the Bank. Possible. Definitely possible. Because if you got Shayna Baszler on your bench, 
although she shouldn't be there. Um, yeah, no, you could definitely pull her out for sure. Um, it's just that at the very least, couldn't they have her cut a promo like in, in the back, like in the locker room or something, or just like a, a dingy dark room like Aleister Black did? That would be a way that at the very least, you're not letting people forget about her. Even if you're not going to put her into a match, it's not that hard. Uh, as long as it's better than those really god awful Liv Morgan promos. It's like, okay, look, we all love our mom. I get that, like, but we don't want to hear our wrestlers talk about that. Like, it's just not the right way to promote her. It very much was the same damn thing that they did with Bobby Lashley, and yeah, he's got a title shot now. But how long did it take for him after he came back from Impact? A year and a half. Got, yeah, a year and a half, almost two years to recover from that. And is Liv Morgan going to have to wait that amount of time? I doubt it. I, I don't think so, but I fear that is so. Uh, it's possible, but there are other women superstars that have been neglected besides uh, Liv Morgan over the last couple of months. Where's my Dana? Um, like she, yeah, she disappeared after again, pretty much, you know, smeared that money in the bank. I just feel like the WWE has tendencies to portray or push certain wrestlers based on the storylines that are created, because we could have very well had. Randy Orton versus Edge at Money in the Bank. It called the greatest wrestling match ever. But they <laughs> waited. They waited to Money in the Bank um, backlash. I think they might be given the same treatment as Shannon Baszler because Shannon Baszler is a freaking freak in the ring. Uh, she is my. Uh, I know it might piss people off. You Twitter trolls. She is a better version of Ronda Rousey, but not as big of his name as Ronda Rousey in the ring, in the wrestling, in the wrestling side of things, not the MMA side of things. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, there are definitely people who would say that MMA is a combination of that, but I guess Shayna Baszler is more like a, a wrestler's wrestler. Yeah. Well, in MMA, you don't need a character. Not, kind of. You need marketability. Yeah, you need yourself. Yeah, you, you can be Tito Ortiz, who can be boring as paint, but still kicks ass. But you can still have a Conor McGregor, who also kicks ass, but is just the loudest guy in the room. Yeah, but Conor McGregor has a big-ass brand. So is Tito Ortiz. I mean, not as big, but Tito is still a big deal. Yeah, that's like Randy Orton just without his character. Just name Randy Orton. He's just a normal dude. You add his character, the legend killer, and you get all the back his history that he's had in the business. You can see the character buildup. One thing that I know you've you've agreed on this before because we talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Ronda Rousey in the past, when she was the women's Raw Women's Champion, she had a very hard time creating her character. She was hard on the mic, and when <laughs> she and when she finally got somewhat comfortable with the mic. She started feeling, you know, attacked by the fans. She thought that the fans didn't like her because of her mic skills. Then she just openly started attacking the fans. And usually when you start attacking the fans and you're a face, you start getting that X-Pac heat. 
And yeah, towards the end there, there definitely was. A lot. I, I'm not one of them, but there were a lot of fans that were like, okay, I'm done with this Ronda Rousey experiment. Yeah. Well, she hasn't it, seemed like she sold on the business. When it came to that, it that, that told me that she thinks, you know, because of her connection with Roddy Piper or whatnot, I think that she thought she knew everything about it. And then that started happening. And then she started taking it mm-hmm. personally. But you can't take it personally. Because regardless of whether they're booing or cheering you, you're getting a reaction. Exactly. It doesn't matter. As long as you're getting a reaction, that's all that fucking matters. Mm-hmm. But if you got a crowd that's just like, eh, whatever, that's the worst possible yeah. thing. Because the, the great the, the biggest example right now is Baron Corbin. He, Definitely. He he honestly no one can t- his character, I even though I like kills. People hate the dude, and Vince McMahon sees that. And Vince McMahon's like, "Hey, hey, he's getting over." That's why you always see him on Raw, and always see him on or always see him on SmackDown. It's because he knows that he's going to get a reaction. And one thing about Corbin, even though he's a a heel, heels are supposed to be negative towards crowd. That's how they build their heat. But he was at one point a face. He wasn't like. Ronda Rousey type of face or Shayna Baszler type of face. He was what was the end of days? It was like right out of NXT type of Baron Corbin. He, he had was, hair. <laughs> he still had hair. <laughs> well, he, well, he had hair, and that's before he went to his nice little tight vest. And then see and my vest, see my vest. Then wins the money in a bank, and then does some fucked up shit backstage, and then loses the money in the bank. <laughs> um, but from Ronda Rousey to comparing Ronda Rousey, go back to Ronda Rousey and Shannon Baszler, it's we see a lot of these wrestlers come from MMA or these MMA stars coming from you know, UFC to WWE because hate to break it to you people, it's the truth. A lot of these guys who are in UFC and MMA, all these Ultimate Fighting Championship things, that's you. That's UFC, James. You just said the whole name. Um, they grew up WWE fans, and when they get the opportunity to come to the WWE, they do it. Just don't do the ways of a homeboy who was supposed to be the Brock Lesnar killer that turned uh, out to be uh, – oh, that Cain, was – Cain Velasquez. That was a shit show. What was that, Crown Jewel? Yep. God, that was such a bad pay-per-view. Um, it's like – we see that well, all WWE stars currently right now during the pandemic and, of course, what's going on with the social life. Having stars gone for a couple of weeks doesn't bother me because, A, they don't have enough TV time, or, B, they're trying to do something else for different characters to uh, push at a pay-per-view. But I guarantee if we were still in TV we're in stadiums and arenas, I think Basil would be on the raw brand because she's too honestly i think she's a great character she might pre- not present it the way she is but she's presented her mma character herself and i do believe you did mention it that her comments her heel comments about uh becky lynch which were epic and on point and made her more of a badass heel 
I think the sensitivity of social media in the wrestling community got too overpowering for Vince McMahon, and he was like, uh, uh, we need to step back from this. But that's how you get heels. Back in the day, that's what you did. Heels used to throw people off the bridges and legitimately throw people off bridges. You saw them fall into the water. Um, so, yeah, I'm talking about when The Rock threw Stone Cold over the bridge. I think in, was it uh, Niagara Falls? I think that's where it was they were at. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting landscape that wrestling is where you see months where we don't see a superstar and we thought someone's hurt. They're not. They're just taking a couple of days off or a couple of weeks off. But seeing how SmackDown and Raw and NXT are in the same building, that's a lot of superstars. That's a lot of talent in the same arena. So I think they, they have to follow by guidelines by the CDC and the Florida Health Organization, the, HOA, uh, the WHO. So I think there's some restrictions there, but I don't think there's nothing missing. I just think that the WWE is saving these two ladies for a – Interesting storyline, plot, or next big event here in a couple of uh, months. Maybe next month after Backlash. Well, we got to get into another lady who's the final batch stage story that has been missing, and that is Tamina. Since she had her championship match, she's been missing, but it turns out she's going for a new character change. I was watching a new promo video, which Tamina has recently released, and if you haven't seen it, go check it out. And it seems as though Tamina is in the midst of a totally new character change, and I definitely approve. It seems as though the new look for her is going in the direction of mankind, and I'm always down for that. In the video, she's in a locked, padded room with one of those old-school straitjackets on. Talking to herself like something out of a Stephen King novel with some great editing and lighting. Uh, she's talking about no more, no more. They, they they laugh at you. The master, the master is calling. Now I'm I'm not really doing a very good voice of it, but when you check it out, you know what I mean. She's doing lots of screaming, turning her head left and right, going total exorcist. This could be the Tamina that we have been waiting years for because wwe they pretty much seems as though they've just been capitalizing on her father's name i mean just look at uh the 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 titantron and you see her name pop up and you see the orange color scheme with like the leopard stripes very much like her father jimmy super superfly snooker um and they attempted to make her like him but we all know that it hasn't really worked out. She's been to the company for 10 years, and she only just recently got her opportunity. And now that she has shown that she can perform up to snuff, and she damn well did at WrestleMania, is this the right time for her to go through a new look? And what do you think of this new look for her? Or maybe not look, but persona. Well, we have seen the WWE make changes to wrestlers that you know shook the scales or shattered you know boundaries through social media we saw that with bray and now we're seeing with tamia the one backlash i've seen no pun intended I'll take with you from the, uh the media social media is that this is not the time for tamia to make this character change with the unstable ability of our community through uh through the world this is a perfect time for a change because 
Raw is in dire need of TV ratings. And having someone like Tamina have a complete change of character and become a complete psychopath, in my opinion, would be a great addition because she's been, honestly, like Mrs. Like Mrs. Nice Lady. I'm going to do everything you want me to do and still get pushed aside. Now that she adapts this character of being this psychopath, schizophrenia, exorcism type of thing, hearing voices in her head. She must be listening to Randy Orton's theme song over and over again. And have the audacity and the... Actually, WWE having the audacity of throwing this type of character out there during this time, I think it's an epic placement. But the problem is the same people who bitched about the Jeff Hardy situation, like we both did, are the same ones who are praising this new move. (laughs) But yet, people who love the Jeff Hardy skit, which I kind of did, but like I said, I didn't agree of what they went with. The people who praise the Jeff Hardy skit completely hate the Tamina skit. It's the like how what's the difference? Well, you, the, you praise the Jeff Hardy one where that's actually happened in his life multiple times, and you hate the Tamina one that hasn't happened in Tamina's life that we know of. I don't know if she's had any, any depression issues or something in her past. It's just very funny how the wrestling community is so hypocritical on different wrestlers at different times. Like, oh, they're completely fine with Tamina because Tamina is not Jeff Hardy. And I, I know a lot of people won't, won't agree with this with me, uh, but Jeff Hardy is a bigger name than Tamina. She, he, uh, has, he has always been a bigger name than Tamina. Well, but yeah, I, I mean, that that's a given. Oh, yeah, but I love the, I love the character arc. Tamina, the, her original character just didn't. It sounded like she was. It was just, oh, I'm just going to be a same version as Nia Jax, but on Raw, type of character, or SmackDown, whatever show she's on. She's on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, she was too similar to other characters out there. So having her switch to this new character, I like it. I want to see how it goes. And that promo that was oak cut. I was pretty. Uh, I think I, well, I saw it on Twitter. I think. Yeah, or, I saw it on Twitter as well. Either Twitter or Facebook, one of those two things. Uh, but it was an awesome uh, promo, and I really enjoyed it. And give give credit to the WWE finding they needed to revamp other characters and try and change characters. Uh, sometimes you throw the same character out there, the same dull character, it's not going to get any attention. And having her switch her character to this type of per, uh, psycho, I think, will benefit both of her and the WWE in the near future. So, yeah, I like it. Psycho killer, kiss, kiss, eh. yes. ba, 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 ba. I'll stop anyway. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely enjoying the hell out of it. And in a way, you could take a look at her previous uh run at the title not a title run but run at the title as a possible last hurrah to that to that character like what she was and now she is reborn not unlike one mr bray wyatt but we are running into major overtime right now so james why don't you get us 
primed and ready for our heels of the week. Well, first off, I want to add another thing for the rumors part of the uh, show. It'll be very quick. It, it dropped literally two hours ago. Uh, recently on ESPN via ESPN.com, Edge was interviewed about his match against WrestleMania. And, against WrestleMania. Uh, that, that's impressive. That's the match I got to see. Oh, against, not WrestleMania, excuse me, his, against, his match <laughs> Randy Orton's. Randy Orton's match against him at Backlash. And the, the headline of the article is Edge laughs when he was presented with the greatest wrestling match ever idea. Basically, he was interviewed. He goes, this is what Edge said. I just laughed because I didn't think it was serious. Then I really fairly quickly realized it was. Then my reaction is like, well, is this wise? Because anytime you start saying something's going to be the greatest grace match beforehand, you're setting yourself up for epic failure. You do not see professional sport leagues to do this for their championship games. And I don't ever want to think that that way. I need to think of the opposite of that. I can't of control the court of the public opinion. I need to do I need to do and be proud of work what I can put in. And all I can do is take it as it is and just as a bonus and be in a very well compliment way, or it's a great rib, I don't know. <laughs> that would be the best rib of all time. <laughs> so the greatest wrestling match ever uh, Edge last at it, and Randy Orton has actually made uh, he made a comment about it earlier a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago, saying that it was a uh, an intriguing promotion. But when he meant about intriguing, he was like, "Oh, it's intriguing." It's like intriguing. Like, <laughs> Neither one of them were on board. Yeah, so they're like, oh, great, this is awesome. Well, well, we're getting paid, so let's let's do this. But that was your rumors. That's on ESPN. Doc asked article was he was interviewed at ESPN, but the the actual article is at cagesideseats.com. Edge laughs at the greatest wrestling match ever uh, slogan. But with that, our heels of the week are presented by 503sports.com. Yep, 503sports.com is still supporting our show. And you can get authentic XFL gear, USFL gear, WFL gear, and all the default football leagues of the past. You get your jerseys, your T-shirts, any type of memorabilia at 503sports.com. Remember, use the code UNHINGED. That's UNHINGED at 503sports.com and get 10% off your order. Carlos, who is your heel of the week? Cue the 2001 Space Odyssey music because it is none other than the queen herself, Charlotte. As I said at the beginning of this show, Charlotte is a workhorse and arguably the hardest working woman in professional wrestling. She has been working at least three shows and hasn't missed a beat and... One, though, could argue that her NXT return as champ didn't quite pan out the way the WWE wanted. But her ability to juggle multiple stories cannot be understated or disrespected. Although that didn't quite work out for her, it is what it is. 
she worked a great promo talking shit to Bailey and Sasha on Monday before having a tag team match against them with Asuka, pushing her rematch as well with Io Shirai, denying that she lost, saying that she didn't get counted out, she didn't get pinned, she didn't submit, she really didn't lose the title. So, hey, obviously her and Io Shirai aren't done. On top of that, she wins a tag team match against Bailey and Sasha with Asuka, and then kicks the hell out of Asuka upside her head. And then she has a main event against Asuka and steals a victory from her with the help of Nia Jax, helping Nia Jax out by taking the victory over Asuka, and you got a little trifecta dynamic going on there. Overall, like... What more could any booker ask of this woman, whom is such a badass and tough as nails? When do you ever see Charlotte get injured? You really don't. So what more could you ask of her? She continues to show the world that she's truly among the best, if not the best, female wrestler in the WWE. And this week on Raw was a perfect example of why she is. And that is why Charlotte is my pick as the heel of the week. Well, my pick of the heel of the week is Andrade. Mm. Uh, why Andrade? Well, because he pinned Garza for the chance to go to the WWE. Uh, chance to go to Backlash to face Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. That is just me, Adrati, just basically telling Selena Vega that screw this whole freaking faction. Uh, it's just me. I'm going to do it on my own. Um, he is my winner of the Heels of the Week for today. Uh, and it's getting hard doing these Heels of the Week because it's very slim. And sometimes you got to go out and find individuals who are just pain in the asses. And Adrati... As you've noticed, over the last two months since WrestleMania, he's been a big thorn slash pain in the ass of all the champions. And hopefully the Backlash rematch is entertaining. So my heel of the week for Raw is Andrade de Almas. Cien Almas is a very interesting pick. Uh, before we go off the air, I do want to say that that whole match between the... Uh, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Angel Garza, and Cien uh, Almas, like, I, I felt that no matter what, no matter who wins, it was win-win for everybody. Although, I am kind of curious, and we'll touch up on this on the next episode, depending on what they do with Kevin Owens. I think Kevin is slowly being demoted by the company. He does not seem that high up now. It seems like he's losing quite a bit, and he Contract might be running out. Yeah. Oh, his contract is running out. Interesting. I was not aware of that. So I guess that could be uh, something big to be said there. But it doesn't seem like Kevin Owens wants to leave. But anyway, let's leave it at that. The oh, show has uh, gone on long enough. We're talking about contracts. <laughs> but Adam Cole has rumored to sign with the WWE. So he is off the free agency. That's Adam Cole, NXT champion. I think has officially signed with the WWE. I don't know if this article is accurate, but if that is true, that's a big free agent staying with the WWE, and he won't be going following his wife at or his girlfriend, whatever, at AEW. So 
Carlos, take us home. Take us home, country road, yada, yada, yada. Remember, guys, we are going to be back this Sunday. We're going to do some live streaming. We're going to be having another episode come out of the Sunday Rundown. And, of course, if you want to join us on the live stream, you are more than welcome. If you got any questions or anything, come on down. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at PWN, sorry, PWN SGWP on Twitter at Wrestling Movie G. We are on Facebook, the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. We got a YouTube channel. Same name. And if you are listening to us on YouTube, but you prefer the auditory style, you can check us out on iTunes and Spotify, Anchor, any one of the above. And especially with Anchor, if you want to help support us, throw us a couple of bucks. If you want to support this show, you go right down to Anchor. You can go do it right there. We'd appreciate it very much. But if you can't do it, it's all good. We're still going to provide you with this content. And with that said, guys, until next time, until we meet again, you're all fired. The greatest match, wrestling match ever. Son of a bitch. This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan-made show. And all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE.